0: Hey, everyone. Andrew here. I hope you're having a great Sunday morning. I'm coming to you on Friday morning, actually. And as you know, by now, the state of Oregon has issued a ban on large gatherings until the uh, COVID-19 pandemic is over. So um, we are coming to you in a much different format today. Um, sadly, we're not gathering at the Kenwood school with music and the bread in the cup and teaching of the scriptures, but we are excited about what we are doing today. and I'm going to get to that in just a minute, but before we get into the podcast, I wanted to share with you a couple of things. Church cannot be canceled because church is not an event or a building church is a family so today and for the foreseeable future things are going to look a little bit different and a little bit non-traditional compared to our usual rhythms and how we normally worship um but but there's actually a lot of uh, hope because we are not um like halting our church by any means we are actually still participating in the rhythms and the life of the church both together and individually um, as we worship and grow in Jesus together. So we can take this news from the state of Oregon and online so many different ways, but our hope is that we choose to take the news in a very sort of particular way that is modeled after the heart and the lifestyle of Jesus. So here's how we are choosing to take this news. Number one, we are not given a spirit of fear. 2 Timothy, 1, 2 Timothy 1 7 says we've been given the spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 6, and sort of radical teaching on his Sermon on the Mount, that we are not supposed to worry about our lives because God takes care of the sparrows and the Father loves us so much more than them. Also, um, one of my favorite scriptures at the moment is Philippians chapter four, verse seven and eight. And I, I'm thinking about, in particular, those of you who are in sort of a vulnerable demographic or category, maybe you're elderly, or you have a compromised immune system, or you love deeply people who are in those categories, how this news actually can be fear-inducing. And we understand that. I think even the Lord understands that. Uh, Jesus understands that. And uh, the, th- the Scriptures actually give us a way uh, to work through our anxiety. So Philippians chapter 4 says, do do not be anxious for anything but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving make your requests known to god and the god of peace will guard your heart and your mind in christ jesus so the hope of this is that we can take our anxious thoughts to the lord surrender them to him in prayer and um, the the peace of god is going to come over us and this is just something that I'll encourage you to do, maybe even right now, hit pause on the podcast and just spend a few moments noticing sort of some of your anxieties and your fearful thoughts, the worst case scenarios that you may be playing out in your mind, and just surrender them to the Lord one at a time and ask the Lord to fill you with his peace. I've been doing that for you all week, and uh, I believe the leadership team of our church is doing the same, so our hope is that. We would walk in confidence and boldness in the Lord, Um, which leads me to point number two. Here's how we want to take this we want to be a non anxious presence in our community. This is a witness to the rest of our town and our world that um, we have a enduring eternal hope, not necessarily even in this life, but in the the age to come, as we're learning in the book of Ephesians. And so the way that we respond is actually a beautiful testimony to this city about the hope that we have in Jesus. So I want to encourage you in that as well. Number three, we want to be wise and loving neighbors. So that means that we're going to be taking the necessary precautions. The World Health Organization, the CDC, and the OHA are all agreeing is necessary necessary. Again, we're doing this not because we're fearful or or responding in any sort of a fear response, but that we want to love and serve vulnerable people in our community. And the science on coronavirus COVID-19 is really consistent. And so we just want to do the best that we can um, to prevent the spread of or the uh, the spread of the coronavirus, but then also um, to sort of flatten the curve to make uh, containment Um, more manageable for healthcare providers. That's what the ban is about. And we agree that it's a good idea. Number four, um, let's contribute in the ways that we can to low income families who are maybe not prepared for the rapid societal changes that we're experiencing. There are a lot of families who are working two jobs and now all of a sudden schools are closed and all of that. So there are rapid societal changes that are are happening all around us. You're experiencing them as much as we are. And we want to encourage us to serve our, neighbors, our The the brothers and sisters in our communities, um, in our Riverbend communities, in our places of work, we want to be helping and contributing in the ways that we can. And if we can serve you in any way, please reach out to us um, on our website. And uh, five, this is where it gets kind of fun. Let's get creative in how we're worshiping Jesus. Remember, church cannot be canceled. We are a family. And so um, even though we're not going to be gathering together in the sort of family reunion style of the Sunday gathering, we're going to continue to, to gather as the week's go on. So come to our prayer gatherings. They're going to be small. We're going to be taking necessary precautions with hand sanitizer and all of that. So on uh, Mondays from five to six in the afternoon, we have a prayer meeting every week for the Bakersfield church plant. On Tuesday mornings, we have contending prayer from eight to nine. Wednesday evenings from six to seven uh, for Alpha. And then on Thursday night, or excuse me, Thursday afternoons from noon to one, we now have an hour of just centering prayer, which we just started last week and it was absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal. So um, I'm really, really excited about these other ways that we are continuing to gather. You can also gather with your community if you're safe. Again, you're not a part of one of these vulnerable um, demographics um, and you're feeling healthy and you're washing your hands vigilantly. Um, The health experts that we've been consulting in the area have told us that that's actually perfectly safe for the moment. Um, And we'll give you updates as we have updates on all of that. Also, get creative with your family and worship. Worship is often connected to sacrificial giving. And so um, a lot of times what worship looks like is singing songs on Sunday, but it can also look like many other things. Um, Again, giving to a local charity, uh, giving to Riverbend um, so that we can continue the work that we're doing. You can also uh, do art with your family um, if you're an artistic family. Um, There's all kinds of things that you can do. And on that note, Uh, getting to the podcast here, for a long time, I've wanted to sort of shake things up. I love giving teachings on the scriptures and giving sermons and all of that. It's one of my my favorite things that I get to do as a pastor. But I also love conversation in the scriptures. And we don't always get to do that on Sundays. And so yesterday, when I learned about sort of the ban on large gatherings, um, I decided to just try and pull together something that I've been wanting to do for a long time already. I called a couple of friends and asked them to be a part of like a collaborative conversation in Ephesians 2 and it's just super fun and casual and I'm hosting it. There's a handful of podcast mics and we're just dialoguing about how we live into the victory of Jesus. So if you're just now joining us, we're in the book of Ephesians and I so hope you enjoy this conversation with my friends. Let's get to the podcast. Okay, so I'm here with Cara, Nick, and Sierra. Let's start with you, Cara. So glad you're here. Thanks for being here.
1: Really happy to be here. Thanks, Andrew.
0: Awesome. So why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? And then you've also been one of our really awesome integral leaders at Alpha. So we'd love to hear a little bit about that too.
1: Absolutely. So I have been living up in Bend for about a year now. My husband and I moved up here. I'm California born and raised, um, but love Oregon. um, And so happy to be plugged into River Bend. It's an amazing community. And Alpha has just been an incredible thing. I've seen Alpha in churches in Los Angeles and over the United States and um, now seeing it at Riverbend. And it is just incredible what it can do, both for believers and non-believers. It's just such a beautiful approachable space for people. And the stories that we get out of it are just amazing. Like it, it takes my breath away sometimes hearing like what people are experiencing themselves when they open up in Alpha and the types of dialogues and conversations that they're having. So it's just super rich, and I'm really grateful to be part of it.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, we just keep hearing great things while you guys are meeting at Alpha. I'm over here at the Little White Chapel, and we are praying and contending for you guys. And it's just been amazing to hear over the last six or seven weeks. Has it been? Yeah, seven weeks. Seven weeks now. um, Just the journey that both, yeah, like you said, leaders, hosts, and helpers have been on, but then also these unbelievers, non-believers, um, atheists, skeptics, people who have questions, who have been a part of this conversation and the journey that God has everyone on. It's just beautiful, it's yeah. awesome.
1: Lots of healing going on. Yeah, It's really cool.
0: Oh man, I can't wait to hear more of those stories as time goes on. Thanks for being a part of this conversation today. Looking forward to getting into Ephesians here in a second. Um, Also, we have Nick. Hey, Nick. Hey, buddy. How are you? So good, man. Thrilled that you're here. You're also part of Alpha, but there's also some other really cool news um, going on with you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so me and
2: my wife and our four boys now, we've lived in Bend for three and a half years, moved up here to help plant River Bend um, a number of years ago and thought we would be here forever. And over the last 12 to 18 months, Jesus has begun to stir some like new and different things in us. And ultimately, long story short, that culminates in us going back uh, to our hometown where we were born and raised to plant a church in Bakersfield, California. Come on. Yeah. So we're really excited about that. Sometime in 2021, we're going to be planting. We're really excited to go back um, and really excited to see what Jesus is up to there. We know he's already on the move. We're excited to be a part of the work uh, that he wants to do moving forward.
0: So good, man. So tell us. Just like in a couple sentences here, or in a minute or so, just like what is this new church in Bakersfield all about?
2: Oh man, how do you capture that in yeah. a couple sentences or a minute? So, so yeah, we we're about the way of Jesus. So yeah. we love Jesus, we adore Jesus. We want to be a church that loves and adores Jesus. Um, and in that, so we we in that we want to. We want to obey him. We want to walk with him. We want to follow him. Um, we want to uh, become a church uh, that's multi-ethnic and multicultural. That looks for the least and the lost and the marginalized. That, that reaches out to like the homeless um, people in Bakersfield. That that finds the people who aren't connected to a body, who aren't growing in the ways of Jesus, who aren't loving him in the ways that he's invited us to, and invite them into like a deeper, truer, more authentic meaning of what life really is. That really
0: just kind Comes from Jesus alone. Mm, so good, man. Yeah. So um there's so much more that I'm sure Nick and Jackie would love to tell you about. Uh, the Bakersfield Church Plant um, every Monday night from five to six PM here at the Little White Chapel. You guys are praying in particular for the Bakersfield Church Plant, and I want to encourage those of you who are not already connected and praying for them to please join that prayer meeting. Since we're not gathering on Sundays at the moment, the the prayer gatherings are a little bit smaller. You can join that, and we would love to just invite you to contend with them for the city of Bakersfield. Thanks for being here, man. Um, also, we have Sierra.
3: Hi, guys. So
0: Sierra, you guys, um, were so thrilled you're part of this conversation. She's recently joined our team. She started on last fall as an Alpha intern, totally unpaid, but just really, really <laughs> has a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of passion for what, uh, for the city of Ben, for what God's doing through Alpha. Um, and you just have been destroying it, absolutely killing it, doing an amazing job. <laughs> Thank you. And so we were like, a f- like three months into your internship, I think, and we we're like, man, we need to bring this person on our team because she's incredible. So um, just recently, you joined officially the Riverbend team and you have been leading Alpha, coordinating Alpha and again, doing so great. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've enjoyed about Alpha so far?
3: Yeah. So I was born and raised in Bend. And as soon as I graduated college at OSU Cascades, my plan was to go down to San Diego. Um, But when I ran into Brooke and Andrew over at Back Porch, uh, they prayed for me and then we just got to a great conversation one thing led to another. Now I'm on the team here and yeah, just feel so lucky to be getting to be a part of and getting to lead Alpha. It's kind of surreal for me uh, because it's something, like I said, I didn't plan at all. So definitely just the Lord's hand working and it's been so cool to be a part of. Um, Yeah, like Kara was saying, just so much healing going on in myself, in the volunteers and the guests that we have. I've just made such amazing friends through that. And uh, I just feel like I know I can like see... The Lord in a clear way now mm. through it and just the way that he loves people so well. So I'm super thankful for it.
0: Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Um, and Uh, hopefully this isn't like too much information but like at the Alpha Weekend Away that you we just had last weekend you were actually baptized yeah it was amazing and (laughs) freezing I'm super shocked to learn that you weren't baptized yet but I was just so proud of you for taking that step of obedience And I just can only imagine the vulnerability that you showed the rest of the people that you had been leading all of this time Um, and some of them being again non-believers people who wouldn't describe themselves as people of faith yeah and um they got to see that moment for you, and I actually had a chance to talk with a few, and they were really impacted by it.
3: Yeah, it was super cool to get to come out of the water and walk up to the group that I've grown close to, um, just to be able to hug them, even though they wouldn't call themselves Jesus followers yet. Um, I think that eventually, hopefully, they will. Um, and like it's an unreal moment that i can't even really put words to but that was a really cool thing and definitely going into it felt kind of awkward Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's just one of those things where you get so far along in your journey and then you're like i don't really need to do that step anymore of being baptized but it's such a critical piece and so powerful so yeah
0: so great love it well you guys we are here to like really get into the word of God together. So um, like I said, we've been in this little series in Ephesians, um, which has been really, really fun for me as sort of a pastor and Bible nerd to just learn all about it and then to teach it on Sundays. Um, but this is another fun format. So we're in Ephesians chapter two, and we're gonna pick it up in verse 16 or so, sort of a middle uh, middle of the conversation and read through the rest of it. But um, before we do that, I want to give you guys a little bit of an idea of how this is going to go today. Basically, we're going to read it. We're going to talk all about it, sort of what does it mean? What is? What are these scriptures saying? And then we're going to talk about how we live this together. What does it look like for us to actually put this into practice. Remember Jesus said that uh, the the people who are wise, the wise man or the wise woman is the one who puts his teachings into practice. So we want to talk about that today too. Um, So up until this moment in Ephesians, it's been all about this sort of cosmic reconciliation, right? That in Christ, God's end game is to um, unite all things in heaven and earth under Christ, and then we learn all in each Ephesians chapter one about the immeasurable power of Jesus and how He has like dethroned the kings and 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 the principalities and the rulers of this dark age, and He is reigning as King as we speak. Um, and then in the early parts of chapter two, we learn that um, we were like part of that kingdom of darkness. We were a part of, um, this other realm or this other kingdom that wasn't, um, and alienated from the kingdom of God, but then in Christ, because of his rich mercy for us, we learned that he uh, raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. And then there's that famous line that if you were like a Christian growing up, you probably remember memorizing it. It's by grace, you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves It's a gift of God. And so it's this really amazing sort of conversation in the power of Jesus and what Jesus has done for us. And now we're picking it back up there in verse 16 and carrying it through the end of the chapter. So let's pray and then let's read this passage and get after it, guys.
3: Yeah, God, we just thank you for this time and just this conversation that we're about to have. and yeah definitely unconventional and not expected. This isn't kind of how we expected to get this message across, but I'm just so thankful for the ways that uh, you continue to open our eyes and just work in and through us and in these spaces where we don't expect God. And I just pray for fruit from this conversation, for anyone listening, that uh, it would just bring life and hope and um, that the words that are spoken are of you, Lord, and just that we would all be encouraging and yeah, really, I pray for a confidence and a boldness um, for each of us here speaking and for each of those people listening as well, God, just that we would each, uh, like Andrew is saying, now, yeah, just kind of find our way in the like harmony that you create, God, and just that we would find confidence and joy in that, Lord. Thank you for this time and just guide this conversation. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. Kara, would you mind reading for us? Absolutely.
3: All right. Ephesians
1: 2, 16 through 22. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put death, um, which by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to to you who were far away, and peace to you who are near, for through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. To, be, to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit.
0: Amen. The word of the Lord. Love it. So good. Okay, so we just read about seven or so verses. Now let's talk about it. What do these verses mean? So starting with verse 16, we read, His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, which by which he put to death their hostility. Okay. What is sticking out to you guys there in, in that verse?
1: Man, reconciliation. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, the, the idea of like taking, as he's talking about these two groups, the Jews and the Gentiles and like the Jews being clean and Gentiles being in that time seen as unclean. And he's breaking down that barrier. Yes. So I yeah. love that reconciliation.
0: Totally. And Like, forgive me, you guys, but sometimes these big Bible words, they make sense to me one day and then the next day I'm like, wait, what does this mean again? So talk to me about reconciliation. What is reconciliation?
3: I feel like the simplest thing is just to become right with God.
0: Yes. Come on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) So good.
1: Yeah, to have his
3: eyes and his lens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that's definitely one of the main things that I see there, to be reconciled to God. Again, the beginning of this passage, which we didn't really read together, but that we studied together in previous weeks, is that we were once separated from God. Even there's some language in the New Testament that we were enemies to God. We were part of this kingdom of darkness Um, and that was because of sin. That was because of rebellion, but because of God's grace and his mercy, he made a way for us to be back into his family, which is what we're going to talk about in a second. So we don't want to jump too too far, but reconciliation to God is about, um, like the stuff that was keeping us apart from one another, like God taking care of that for us. And again, the, the line there in verse 16 is through the cross, right? So it's like the cross is the thing here. Um, the work that Jesus did on the cross is what makes reconciliation possible. So talk to me about that. Like how is that significant to you?
1: Yeah, well, I think that I mean, if you if you look at this, like there is two groups who were so hostile to each other and through Christ's blood in that pouring out like he creates this beautiful opportunity for peace yeah we have to you know lean into him but it's an opportunity for us a welcoming us into a life of peace yes and like i mean christ's message was to bring peace to this world near and far yeah and so that's just such a beautiful message to me there and something that like i can look at kind of the Mm. everyday moments and be like where can i bring peace where can i you know look at where maybe i'm a little hostile, you know, or something, (laughs) you know, I'd be like, Hey, well, let's slow down for a minute. yeah, And like, where can I like start like bringing in peace in my life and into my relationships or into my perceptions?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And even at the end of verse 16, it says by which he put to death their hostility. And so like when Jesus died, he died, but he also put something else to death. They yeah. put their hostility to yeah. death, yeah. which is like, like he absorbed the hostility. There was mm-hmm. this barrier between these two people groups, between mm-hmm. these two ethnic groups. Yeah. And he absorbed it upon himself and like put it to mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm. And then like in that way, like, what does that look yeah. like for us? That It looks like we have the same opportunity to yeah. like absorb the hostility that exists yeah. in the world Yeah, totally. as followers of Jesus, as people who love him. Yeah. Cool. Um, and, and just to like mimic and walk in his ways. Like we get to we get to be a part of absorbing like that death, um, that hostility, like those types of things that yeah. the verse 16 shows us.
0: Yeah. No, I love how the story is coming full circle. Thank you guys for sharing. Like the story goes from hostility, there's enmity, there's like di- difference and disagreement between us and God, and he's made peace. I'm so grateful you made that point. So we go from hostility to peace with God. And then... Yeah, the wordplay that you pointed out there about how Jesus put to death hostility is like intentionally really ironic. And there's something really poetic about what Jesus did by dying on the cross. It was it was a meekness and it was humility, but it was not passive. It was. was Yes, it was fierce. And that's what the love of Jesus is like. And I'm so, so grateful for that. And, um, of course, without it, we, we wouldn't have access to the Lord, but we do through Jesus, right? Yeah. What else do you see there? Look at verse 17. You guys have already sort of touched on it. He, uh, he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. Right. And I think, is that kind of what you were saying there, Kara, about there being like the the Jews and the Gentiles and sort of the divide there? Yeah. So, so he's preaching peace. Uh, again, through his work on the cross to those far and near. And I think um this is less like as a pastor, I talked to a lot of people. In fact, as we were praying for Alpha last night, we just got this sense that there's these people who feel like they can't possibly have relationship with God. They're too far gone. And what does the scripture speak to that? Like, God, oh, man, like, I don't know, maybe you like can have relationship with God, but I'm just too far gone.
1: Just never too far gone. That's just the reality. And that's just like that, the truth of it. And you can feel so far, you can see someone and be like, oh, maybe that's that would be a real tough turnaround. But you know what? That's not our position. Yeah, yeah, Our position are to be like the hands and the feet and the love of Christ. And to him, no one was too far.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, which I also think just kind of calls us back to this, like to that, that type of posture. Like yeah. like first when we realize like we were once that
0: far. Mm-hmm. Like we we exactly. were far
2: from God. And yeah. so so as we move through the world, like what type of posture do we carry? We carry one of grace yeah. because we were once far from God. And so that means that that like everyone made in God's image, made in the the image of our creator, the one whom we love. Um, Like that, that means we view them in that way that although they may be far from God, we view them with grace and care and love and dignity, all those things because they value um, because they're made in God's image. God loves them. He created them. And so, so yeah, it's great.
0: Yeah. And on that note, um, just pressing into that a little further, I feel like I've had this unique vantage point to see people who are, what I would categorize as far away and what I would categorize as close or near. And I'm always surprised to find that a lot of times my assumptions are totally wrong. Like I've seen and kind of lately even I've seen a lot of like church people super hard hearted and like resistant to grace and gospel and kind of grew up in a culture of religiosity and stuff like that and that's really kind of hard to undo. Like once that foundation's built, it's kind of hard to undo. And then you hear about people who would say, "Oh my gosh, I'm like the furthest thing from a Christian. Like I don't want to have anything to do with that stuff." That just sounds ridiculous. And then uh, and and yet, you know, there might be some of those people even at Alpha right now, but Uh, that are they're actually closer than you might think and uh, of course the classic story from 2019 was kanye i'm like all about (laughs) kanye (laughs) (laughs) i get laughed at in my house i get laughed at at church and uh but i'm so into him because um what a turnaround he literally goes from rapping about how he is god and how jesus must be jealous of him literally of course i'm cleaning up his lyrics but that's what he's saying um And then uh, to now saying like, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King. And he's like quoting Ephesians and he's like going around the country and sharing his message. And of course, it's probably still a little bit messed up. He's probably a recovering narcissist and all of that. I'm not saying he's perfect. All I'm saying is that there's a genuine conversion to Jesus there. And a year and a half ago, I would have been like, yeah, I know Kanye is about as far as you can get from the kingdom of God. So, well, and I just want to pivot back from that. Like the, the same
2: fierceness we were just talking about a few minutes ago like the first two words of verse 17 is he came like, like that's, he comes with that same fierceness, yeah. um, in pursuit of the people, um, because, because of his love for us. Like, so, so what could Kanye do, but yeah. like, he can reject that love or he yeah. can respond to that love. And right. so, so, but I, like, it, it is shocking because yeah. you speak about that and, it, yeah. and like. I think most of us who have followed Jesus for any period of time would say we've had that same experience where yeah. like we kind of cast off the ones who seem far off in yeah, some yeah. ways yet they seem to be the ones that are quickest to respond to the gospel.
0: Yeah, totally. 100%. And remember Jesus preached peace to both but like the invitation is open to all and that's the that's the beauty of it. So thank you for sharing that you guys. All right, let's go on to verse 18. This one I love for a lot of reasons, but talk to me about this. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So what sticks out to you there?
1: And I think the idea that we, so kind of touching on what you are saying before, is that we didn't have access before because yeah. yeah. we didn't grow up Jewish and yeah. all of these things, right? Yeah. And if it wasn't for Christ coming two thousand years ago, mm-hmm. like we wouldn't even be here having this conversation, sitting with these people. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: And like having our lives totally changed um to the core. And so he's granting this access to us and this privilege mm-hmm. of being his child. Mm-hmm. And like that is just such an incredible thing. But he doesn't just grant it to us, again, going kind of off of what you guys were already saying, is that, like It's too near and far. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it's a kind of shifting of our perceptions or making sure that our perceptions and our lenses are appropriate Mm -hmm. because, like, it's not just for me. It's for all the people who maybe I don't think have a chance, but they have a chance.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah, 100%.
3: Yeah, it's so powerful that sitting here reading it, I, like, got chills just in this room as we're, like, having this conversation. I've read that and thought I understood that so many times, but – just the deeper you go and in conversation, like talking about verses 16 and 17, going back a little bit, when you think about like the responsibility that is, and I think we talk about that later, so I don't go too far, but my immediate reaction is just like, oh my goodness, like what an honor that we get to carry his spirit and like we're connected and it's intimate and it's meaningful. And like by what, Jesus did on the cross, like killing hostility, like just all these connections. It just absolutely blows your mind when you really start to understand.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's almost something that's hard to talk about because it's just so beautiful. Like you always just want to like look at the words over and over again. I'm just caught up in the word access. Um, Because I like, especially with the Old Testament, like layers that you can read into that word access. Because for so long, the Israelites, God's chosen people, didn't have access in the way that we do. Like, like they accessed the Holy of Holies, like the inner courts of the temple, one day a year, on Yom Kippur, by the by the high priest. And so, like, like that was their access to the fullness of God's spirit. And like now we live in full access um, to the. Father by one Spirit, so like it's 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 unfathomable in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, and I love the idea that the Spirit doesn't just dwell in a place in the temple, right? Like now, the Spirit dwells within us Mm -hmm. and within the church, and like, oh, it's just super good.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly what Paul is doing. He's sort of carefully architecting a really important theology piece of theology about the church, and we're getting into that in the verses that follow. It's really really cool to know that. Yeah, things are fundamentally changing because of Jesus's work on the cross, um, and it has all sorts of implications for you and me as one body coming together under Jesus. So that word, access to the Father by one Spirit, is it's beautiful. There's also like, uh, you, if you notice, there's this trinity. This is a trinitarian verse. There's like all in like ten words. We have Jesus. In him, we both have access to the Father uh, by one spirit. So I, I love that. But again, that word access, like you were saying, Nick, it really reminds me about just um, just like thinking about the throne, because again, you know, uh, Paul keeps bringing up the throne of God here. And if you were to think about us as like normal everyday people having access to a place like the White House, you know, we might get a guest pass and we might be able to get in. uh, Well, probably not now because of coronavirus, but uh, but uh, we we could maybe get some sort of limited access. We could maybe get in, maybe shake a hand or two. But like we're not getting into the Oval Office. We're like we're not getting anywhere close to like anyone of real power or whatever. But the way that this scripture is, um, like it's speaking to, like, we have not just access to something kind of lame, but we have access to the father and we get to call him that, and we get to embrace him and we get to have relationship with him and constant connection with him, um, through Jesus. So again, the, again, like you said, Ziera, just like, it's almost, um, it's on, it's like, it's It's so hard to even explain and to articulate just how much this means to us, the intimacy and the closeness that we have to the Lord through him Um, and filled with the spirit, which sort of leads us into the next verse. So let's keep on rolling. You guys get to roll or does anybody else have anything they want to share on that? Let's Let's roll. Okay, cool. Verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God and also members of his household okay so that word consequently it sort of triggers something right it's like it's like talking about the results of what jesus has done so what are the results there like what's going on
1: man i think the fact that like we are just welcomed in Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. despite where we were and where we are currently like it's just this welcoming invitation um to like all different cultures all different values all different perceptions or mentalities um and he's saying that like my my gift is for all of you yeah. equally
0: yeah 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 oh come on so good
3: yeah and it just comes with a sense of belonging that yeah, we all absolutely. long for yeah. in every i mean you can see it in every people mm-hmm. group that mm-hmm. they want to belong in some way whether it's belonging by having no belief or belonging by strongly believing <laughs> in something it's Um, yeah, just this strong belief that we belong and that we're known. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's such a great point. Again, the, 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 the text is coming full circle going like, here's what you once, once were, here's what you are now. So, so Paul's doing some deconstruction. In the early parts of the chapter, this is what you once were sort of picking that apart. And now here's the reconstruction reconstruction. This is who you used to be. Like you used to be a foreigner, a stranger. That's identity language. Mm-hmm. But now you are fellow citizens with God's people, like citizens of heaven and members of his household. And that's speaking about identity. Yeah. So in Jesus, we have this brand new identity, right? So what is that identity of being a citizen? And what is that identity of being a member of his house? What is that? What meaning does that sort of carry for you? Like personally?
3: I feel like it gives us permission to be bold and yeah. confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just not have to question. Like really that word permission for me is like, okay, like yeah. I can run with this. I can own this.
0: Yeah. Because of who dad is, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's like something that, um, talk to me more about that Sierra. Cause I, I'm totally tracking with you, but like. Um, as a citizen, it, you kind of have certain rights and privileges, right? Yeah, like- yeah,
3: and yeah. I mean, it, it says citizen, and then it says members of his household. So, I mean, you think about showing up to your parents' house—you just walk in and you go to the fridge and yeah. you're hanging out. When yeah. you show up to somebody's house you don't know, you're kind of awkward, and yeah. <laughs> you're not going to go to the pantry, hopefully. But <laughs> yeah. well, <I> <laughs> So, yeah, except Andrew, uh, but yeah, it's just a different feeling. Like I said, of belonging and having permission to just rest and be exactly who he made you to be.
2: Well, and I just think of like the word citizen and and for us in the West, like me born and raised in California, like the word citizen doesn't um, doesn't necessarily like citizenship isn't something I think of a lot but in terms of like having some friends ha- knowing people who have immigrated to America from another country like some of them regard like the day they they got citizenship in America is like one of the greatest days of their lives mm-hmm. and so like like that's citizenship to America now like citizen to the to the like kingdom of God and to the heavens right and so so like what is, what is that implication for us what does that truth speak about us. Like how much, how much should our hearts like rejoice in that truth yeah. about who we are? Yeah. Um, that like we're a part of a, a, a like global movement of new humanity that is the faith and belief in Jesus yeah. Yeah. in His inbreaking kingdom of God. And so, like that, that's what we're a citizen to. Like mm-hmm. that's our primary citizenship mm-hmm. um, while we're here on Earth. But like our citizenship, our allegiance belongs to Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's just that's
0: super- good. So you, you talk about like a gratitude that's definitely needs to be there. And that's like a hundred percent. And I think, um, sometimes when I'm chatting with people and I, and I, and I don't see that like gratitude, uh, about what Jesus has done, sometimes I wonder how much we've internalized this new identity that we have. And so I want to press into that. And I guess that's kind of maybe something for us to land on too today is just like, maybe we need to just. Sit with that for a while and really internalize what Jesus says about you, what the scripture says about you now. But you also talk a little bit about like a like a renunciation of like former identity and former cultures and practices and customs and stuff like that. Like you mentioned, like leaving the old behind and coming into the new. And that's interesting. I'd love to hear what you guys think about that.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's that's just like such a cool and beautiful thing about Christ's blood, is that's like we are not citizens of this world. We are in this world, but we belong to Christ. Mm -hmm. And like our thought process, our hearts, all of these different things about us, they all should be pointing to Christ because that's where our loyalty is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, it's so easy Mm -hmm. to get stuck as being a citizen of the world Mm -hmm. because there's so much noise around us that just pulls us in deeper and deeper. Um, And it, it's just a, a step, a step of faith and a step of, um, yeah, I don't know, out of your comfort zone maybe mm-hmm. to get into this place where, you know, I accept that I'm a citizen of heaven mm-hmm. and the privilege that comes with that is just mm-hmm. beautiful. And it's like, I feel honored to be able to be that mm-hmm. and to kind of get out of some of the noise mm-hmm. of the world.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, and on that, which, uh, I think you make a really great point is that it's, it's kind of like, we need to choose to like anchor our hope and our identity in something other than our Americanness or even sometimes our cultural Christianity. Sometimes we like have these identifiers that, um, are, are like good, not bad. But, um, I think sometimes we've sort of lost a little bit of our, um, Uh, like hope and even just the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost like a sense of wonder that we are citizens of heaven and then that means like sierra was saying we have this this new we walk around with this new confidence and boldness again not in ourselves in like a prideful way but that we have confidence in who we belong to and even like the inheritance that we have as like people of god that we have this great reward that's awaiting us in heaven like in the in the age to come and Um, But then also just the sort of the power and the authority that comes with calling on the name of Jesus. Um, And again, my, my thing, and this is, you know, maybe to help sort of bring this into the everyday for us, is like, sometimes I wonder how much we've internalized that. Again, talk about it, yeah, sing it, probably. But then culturally, we still find ourselves to be Sort of wrapped around the axle when it comes to being American, and again, some of these other things around culture, Christianity. So, how have you guys found as like uh, like been helpful saying, okay, no, 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 this is who Jesus says that I am. I am a child of God. I am a daughter. Sierra, you are daughter of God. That's like the most important thing about me. I'm like brought into the family. So, h- like, how do we internalize that? How do how's that become real to us? Um, is that making sense? Is the question making sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah, I think one of the most important things that comes to my mind is just recognizing that it can look it looks different for everyone um so sometimes like you're talking about we don't internalize it maybe because it doesn't look like for me it doesn't look like it does for car and it doesn't look like it does like it looks different for everyone and we all know our fathers in different ways and the same thing like we all know the father in different ways and so that's something that i've really been learning Mm -hmm. especially through alpha is just that God finds so much pride and joy in the fact that we don't all look the same. And I love that line of like, unity doesn't mean uniformity. And that's so important because we each have such a critical role. And I feel like that's so cliche sounding, or it used to be to me, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I feel like I'm processing it in a new way and really getting to see it and experience it. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to understand that, to be able to fully accept the Lord's love for us. Mm It's great. I think another thing is about like just where our worth is. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it's so oh, yeah. easy and it's a little bit on what I was touching on before, but it's yeah. so easy to put our worth and say like what our job is or mm-hmm. what our relationship status is or, you know, how healthy those relationships yeah. are, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Our family, things yeah. like that. Yeah. But the reality is, is that's not where our worth should be coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just kind of that like recentering yeah. that yeah. I am not only a citizen mm-hmm. of heaven, But I'm also in the household, and that like just like also segues into Uh the idea that there is, and I think he's starting to allude here, Uh is that we have individual purpose Uh and we have a collective purpose as well. But it starts bringing in like a little bit more of like that reality that you know we're gonna start like building in what that purpose looks like, um, as a church and together with different bodies and different, you know, personality types and gifts. Mm. Um, so yeah, I really like that.
0: Mm. Yeah. Good, good. Thank you so much for sharing. And that's exactly, I think what I was sort of beginning to process myself is that, um, sometimes in our culture, maybe more than ever, I don't know, um, but it definitely feels like in 2020 it's like this a lot like we we are defined externally like one of the first questions guys ask each other is like hey what do you do for work um we we tend to be defined by how people see us right how how we're perceived by others and so that leads to a lot of things i think it leads to insecurity i think it leads to this this idea that once people start stop saying great things about us then we start to like lose our identity and we go Re- through a little remake ourselves yeah yeah, yeah we have to <laughs> (laughs) sort of reinvent ourselves and and so it we end up living externally or we live from this like really insecure place but again and i think internalizing some of this stuff involves us being defined more internally going like okay um spending time with the lord spending time in the presence of god maybe even memorizing scriptures like these and just sitting in that and meditating on that and then even accepting from God, like, oh, what you say about me is really important. So help me to know this for real. Like you said it, not me. So like you said, I'm your citizen. You said I'm a member of the household of God. So like, would you show me what, that, what that's like for me, what that really means? And then that starts to take hold. So the message that God is telling us takes hold rather than the message that we learn and pick up from culture.
1: Right so regardless of situation regardless yeah. of what is happening oh. life what bombs are going off yeah. right in your world yeah. uh you can recenter yeah. around like what is your true core and if your yes. core is Christ yeah. then like it's not to say that things won't be difficult yes. but when they are difficult yeah. like you just won't be shaken the same way
2: Yeah and I think in that same like we're all story creatures yeah. right like yeah. it, like true. we're all built with this like like predisposition toward narrative. Like that's why we're always the hero in our own stories. (laughs) We're never the bad guy. And so like, I I think part of that is like, we have to unlearn the story we believed for a long time in order to be able to believe a new story, a better story, a truer story about who Jesus is and who we are because of who Jesus is, because we're a part of his house, because we're citizens. Mm -hmm. But it takes some time of like, in Paul's language, like taking off the old clothes. Mm-hmm. And that's not a one-time event. Yeah. Like that's a regular reoccurrence that like we have to remind mm-hmm. ourselves through practice, through discipline, through obedience to the Lord to like shed those clothes mm-hmm. and put on these new clothes, like mm-hmm. the heavenly clothes, the citizenship clothes, mm-hmm. the like no longer a stranger clothes. Mm-hmm. Like God sees us and he knows us and he hears us. And so like part of that is just that, that rhythm of beauty that
0: the Lord wants to like sow into us. So good. So much more we could say on that. So you kind of dipping into spiritual formation, which is sort of like the centerpiece of our vision going forward for how we become like Jesus. So that's beautiful. Um, but you guys, we got to roll because there's a couple more scriptures here that we just have to take a peek at before we're done. So uh, verse 20 Uh, And verse 21. Sierra, would you mind just reading those two verses over again, 20 and 21?
3: Yeah. So it says, built on the foundation of apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord.
0: All right. So this is uh, a metaphor. What is the metaphor about?
1: And really about like the building, um, of his community and his church and how we all fit into that Uh and just about, you know, Christ and his act on the cross is the blood that, Brought us all together with the same opportunity to enter into God's presence and into his kingdom and into his household, into being a citizen. Um, And I love that language of the cornerstone. I think it's so easy to just hear it and just kind of like pass over and be like, oh, that's Bible language. Let's keep going. But if you look at it from like an engineering structural perspective, I really love the idea that it's two load bearing walls that require this cornerstone and they're going to be putting pressure onto that cornerstone. That cornerstone is relieving the pressure Mm -hmm. and not only providing this like structural substance, Mm -hmm. but it's also just like really providing this like lean in kind of mentality or verbiage Mm -hmm. for us to take. And so I just like look at that Mm -hmm. in life, in that, like, in order for these Jews and the uh, Gentiles to get along at that time, like, they had to lean into Christ and lean in hard. And so I really like that imagery for my day-to-day because there's like all sorts of, you know, kind of these – walls or disagreements or whatever you want to call them between Mm -hmm. like whatever it can be between people or um principles or whatever it is and they the reality is is like we have christ there as our cornerstone Mm -hmm. and if he's the cornerstone of the conversation regardless Mm -hmm. of how we disagree Mm -hmm. he's stronger than our disagreements yeah and if we lean in and press into him during that
3: Mm.
2: Wow, that's good. Yeah, that's I actually great. reached out to a buddy of mine when I was studying for this this weekend. And he's he's a general contractor. And I was like, hey, is is cornerstone still a ver- like a term you guys use and he's like no it's really outdated why and <laughs> and uh, he said nobody builds like masonry foundations anymore but I, I told him like i'm teaching on Jesus as the chief cornerstone and he's not a follower of Jesus but he's like oh my gosh that's so poetic and that's so beautiful because every stone that's laid after depends on the cornerstone right. And so even someone who doesn't follow Jesus is yeah. like, oh my gosh, the beauty of that <laughs> statement yeah. is like has so much magnitude uh-huh. and, and makes so much sense. It is so beautiful. <laughs>
0: That's great. Yeah, no, I, I'm loving it. Um, And this has always been a really powerful metaphor. You've got many, many bricks or stones, if you will, that all fit together to form one building. There's things that are unique and distinct about those individual bricks or stones, uh, but they're all, as you guys said, oriented around the cornerstone, who is Christ, finds definition and orientation Around him or around that cornerstone. And they're they're they have individual purpose. I think you touched on that a second ago, Carl. They have individual purpose, but there's also like one like greater purpose. And um the greater purpose here is what? Verse uh verse 21. The building is being joined together and rising to become a holy temple in the Lord. So the whole idea of the met- or the metaphor that's coming together here is that the building is becoming rising up and being built together to be a holy temple in the Lord. Right? So that temple language uh, we we I feel like we have to talk about that a little bit because it's sort of informing what Cara's talking about of who we are becoming together, right? So we have this new identity that's been given us in Jesus, and um, you talk a lot. Uh, you talked a minute ago about how um, how Jesus has like um, put to death hostility, and now all of a sudden we are these two very different kinds of people or many different kinds of people that are coming together to join one holy temple. So it feels like we need to talk a little bit about temple, like temple theology for a minute to sort of inform who we are becoming as a collective. So um, this image of the temple or the word temple, what does that mean? Or what does that sort of evoke in you?
1: Well, I think that a lot of our like foundation and it's like understanding that we are temples Mm -hmm. and you know this is kind of like that newer version of what a temple is through christ but that we are temples and to like uh, appreciate and respect our body because Mm -hmm. christ made us in his likeness sure yeah right um and like that the holy spirit is definitely like can be around us in the air but also dwells within us Mm -hmm. and that's a huge segue from what was once the norm Mm -hmm. and you know two thousand years ago before christ this wasn't the norm Mm -hmm. like the holy spirit like you mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. it was you know he was very much like behind closed curtains Mm -hmm. where you only really got to access like once a year and Mm -hmm. all of these things into like the presence of god like now we have this kind of opportunity to walk into this as you know yeah. Personally, as well as collectively with yeah. the church,
0: yeah, yeah yeah. some of the origins of this is like second Kings, where um Solomon, who's David's son, builds a temple um in this place where God's presence is going to be and to dwell. And so they spend years and all kinds of resources in order to build and construct this one temple. And then Solomon stands on the front steps of that temple and the glory of the Lord fills the temple, consumes the altar and all of a sudden there's this raging fire in the temple that is a symbol of God's presence and his dwelling. He's making his home with his people again. This is a really beautiful image. And yet, yeah, that's just like part of the image. And then we learn in the New Testament with Jesus and Jesus even says this, like actually that temple, um, which was actually rebuilt several times by the time Jesus walked the earth in the first century, is actually becoming obsolete. There's this time coming, Jesus tells the woman at the well that there's like, there's like people aren't going to have to go to Jerusalem to meet with God anymore. You're, you're actually his, his, his dwelling place or his presence is going to be with his people. And then we have Paul sort of completing that picture for us here. By showing us that we are temples of the Holy Spirit, First uh, Corinthians chapter six. But here, there's this image of we're actually, yeah, as individuals dwelling, we are dwellings of the Holy Spirit. But then together, too, there's something really powerful about the collective being built together to become a dwelling yeah. of the Spirit yeah
2: and I, jesus even says he's going to rebuild this temple in three rebuild the temple in three days right and so so like jesus speaks to this coming moment that paul makes clear to us in the book of ephesians that that like the collective church big c church mm-hmm. is is this like unique dispensation of god's spirit to the world where where like jesus's work continues to happen jesus even said like no it's better that i leave like greater works will be accomplished after this and and so, so in that, like in God's indwelling um, through his spirit to us, we become this place where where like God lives on earth in us to continue to be a part of like the kingdom of God breaking in, continuing to like take more ground um, by the power of the spirit, by the might of the spirit. And, and that is the collective church. Like that is the movement, that is the call, that is the invitation is, is to be a temple, like a place where the Lord dwells and his work is accomplished. And the temple, like in, in the Old Testament, the temple wasn't, like it very much so was like where God's presence resided, but it was much more than that. It was like the center of life for a city. It was the center of culture for a city. It was like where feasts and festivals. So like you take all of those things and then Jesus, like Jesus says like, you are these things. Like you are a temple. Like you are the center of where life happens on the earth. Like you, because God's presence, God dwells with you there. Like you feast and you celebrate and, and God moves and you are the center of culture. Like there's so much invitation built into that word temple. Um, that's, that's just really, really beautiful.
0: Wow. That's cool. We can talk about all kinds of things there. Um, The thing that is sort of sticking out, of course, is that—and this is if you—if this is new to you, if you're like new to the story of the scriptures or um, whatever—that what's happening here is that you become this home where the spirit dwells and you have a new intimacy uh, with the lord like he's not just around you or sort of like in proximity but you are a dwelling for him and he comes up and takes up his residence in you as his people it's great um nick what you touch on is the uh sort of the culture shaping aspect of being the temple of god and i'd love to hear like okay so we are this previously like um, multi-dimensional, fragmented or whatever group of people that are now becoming one new humanity and we are meant to shape culture. So what does that culture shaping look like? How is the church? Let me frame it like this. This is a good question to sort of frame the rest of our time here, is um, what kind of culture is is the church, which is God's temple, like meant to shape? What's that culture look like?
1: Yeah, I think a culture of peace and of unity. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's just like iterated so many oh times word, in this yeah. section. And um, I think like how, how do we actually live that yeah, in yeah. a real way? Yeah. Like, I mean, we have to break down our everyday moments mm-hmm. and are we bringing, you know, a peaceful presence? You yeah, even mentioned yeah, this when yeah. we were just talking about, yeah. like, how can we approach our community, yeah. even in terms of the coronavirus? Like, yes. we can be a non-anxious, yes. peaceful presence, yeah. um, and that's how we can, mm-hmm. you know, worship the Lord mm-hmm. as well as love on people mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. He would have loved on mm-hmm. people. Come
0: on. So. Oh, I, I, you're so right. Like a part of what our role is in the city of Bend, in Redmond, wherever you live in Central Oregon, is to be that non-anxious presence. Say, hey, we have a hope that this life is not all that there is, that there can be a pandemic and that, you know, even small businesses can suffer, which, of course, is not what we want to wish on anyone. But we still have a hope because we believe that there is this life that's coming where we're fully reunited with the Lord and things like a pandemic are like just in the rearview mirror and we don't experience any of that anymore. Another thing that you mentioned of unity, so you mentioned peace, you also mentioned unity and I remember you we were talking before how uh, I love how different we are in the family of God and that's not a bad thing, that's actually a good thing. If we were uniform as you said, Sierra, man, how First of all, how boring would that be if we were all one and the same, and man, the church would be nuts if everyone looked and acted like me. That would just be crazy um, <laughs> I don't but- think I'd come <laughs> <laughs> i don't think I would either um so the reality is that the reality is that we are so different i I use the illustration of like you car with your husband Mark, like you are extroverted you're getting to know a here she's extroverted super bubbly and fun has a lot to say and she's really well spoken and super sweet and mark is a little bit more introverted Mm -hmm, absolutely um and uh and it maybe takes a little bit of drawing out to get to know him a little bit but you start to talk with him and you can just see the depth of character the many layers to who he is he's a super rad person who's awesome and I Just agree. Incredible! <laughs> I'm sure you do. And you could speak mo- more to this now. You, but the the reality is like so. You guys are really different humans. But together, you are this really complementary sort of team. And I think that's that unit of the family really represents this idea of church really well. Yeah,
1: Yeah. totally. And I think that, you know, we can look at it in that kind of church lens is that Uh we have different roles and gifts and that it is a beautiful thing. And, you know, we were kind of talking about earlier before we um, got into this, it's just like, you know, there's all sorts of different personalities beyond just the gifts bit. Like there's so many different personalities that maybe they jar a little bit with yours or something like that in the church. But yeah. the reality is, is like God gave it to them. Yeah. And so like, yeah. let's love on that yeah, and yeah, like yeah. lean into the yeah. strengths that our brothers and sisters have. Oh, um oh. And then I think that, you know, we can definitely take that lens too mm-hmm. outside of the church. Mm-hmm. Like he... Like in this passage, we're just kind of called to, you know, look at different thought processes, different mm-hmm. personalities, different opinions, mm-hmm. and that you, Christ came for everyone. Mm-hmm. So right. we have no pedestal to stand on. Mm-hmm. And it's really like if we are to be like embody the love mm-hmm. of Christ fully, mm-hmm. like that means that we need to love everyone Mm -hmm. despite how much we like them Mm -hmm.
0: yeah (laughs) that is so good i'm really glad you pointed that out because um because we're called to be one that doesn't mean we always agree or necessarily naturally gel with other personalities um and i'm glad you really you brought that up because when we were getting ready to launch alpha uh, back before we brought um sierra on as an intern i knew that if i was the one sort of leading and running alpha i would mess it up because i like i'm People tell me I'm an intense person <laughs> and I just get really excited about all of this stuff. And I knew that we would need someone who had a primary gift of hospitality. He was a really awesome a listener and who is super empathetic and um, and super hospitable. And so um, we thought about, of course, having Sierra, your, your personality is so perfect for that. And you have been able to take Alpha somewhere that I definitely wouldn't be able to take it because of just how you're wired and how God made you. And so, yeah, the, the differences that we have really need to be celebrated um, and not sort of like picked apart in Absolutely. order for the 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 building, if you will, to come together, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, even verse 22 speaks to like that, the question we asked a few minutes ago that we've been answering for a while. like Like our hope, our goal is to become a dwelling in which God lives yeah. by his spirit. And so like- Think about what that means for a second. Like God lives. So so what does that look like? How do we live into that space? Like we, we become people that like demonstrate that God lives, mm-hmm. that he lives by his spirit as we lean into to his spirit, as we lean into unity, as we lean into peace, all of those things through Jesus, like we we become the demonstration that God lives.
3: Yeah, and I love that because even earlier you said, I think, Andrew, it's not passive. Like none of this is passive, just kind of sit back. I know my personality type tends to be more of just like take it as it comes, go with the flow, but um, all of this is engaged and interactive and Jesus came to preach peace near and far and that's what we're here to do. So just like recognizing that is really powerful too. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's great. Well, you guys, um, this is my first time sort of leading a podcast like this. You did this- good. Oh, well, you did. I think my inexperience <laughs> is showing, though, because we're an hour into We did okay. Uh, <laughs> you guys did fantastic. Thank you so much for joining the conversation. Let's just like close with one final question of... You're talking to somebody who goes, okay, all of this sounds great. I love this sort of robust theology of the love of Jesus. I love the poetry of it. I love the cornerstone stuff. I'm like into it. I'm a citizen. I'm a member of his household. What like, what can I now go and do or what can I take from this message and put into practice?
1: Yeah, I would say like seek out people and relationships that maybe you don't drive perfect with where you could bring more peace into that space yeah and so i think like i don't know leaning into it kind of like what sierra said Mm -hmm. this is not a sit back and relax and kick up your feet kind of a conversation or life right Mm -hmm. like we are called to action Mm -hmm. and so like seeking out those you know and christ was so good he's just like seeks after us and chases after us in love. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have that same obligation as his disciples in a way and form, right? Mm-hmm. And But in our present day. So it maybe looks a little different, but I think just, you know, like being like, what relationships in my week yeah. coming yeah. up, yeah. Yeah. you know, are difficult yeah. or challenging or yeah. situations and how can I thoughtfully and purposely bring peace mm-hmm. into that? And, you know, whether it's being not anxious or, you know, having, you know, really thoughtful, meaningful conversations with people one on one or whatever that looks Mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm.
0: You guys, you heard it here from Kara that you need to go and find somebody that you don't completely agree (laughs) with and maybe don't jive with totally and make peace there. That is a phenomenal thing to go and do after learning uh, from this passage. Well done. What else?
2: I'll jump in. So one of the things that just continues to circle back for me that Cara that just spoke about, like really seeing people um, is how I would summarize that. Like she, mm-hmm. she spoke about seeing people and yeah. then like stepping into those spaces. Mm-hmm. And I just continue to be brought back to in verse 19 when it says like, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. And then like the Lord sees you like right where you're at today, the Lord sees you and you do allow yourself to be seen by God. Like you need to open yourself to that reality and receive the fact that he sees you in the He loves you um and that like that invites us to be this this type of people like that he invites us to step into this new humanity from a position of being seen and being loved being known being a child all of those sorts of things and so so to 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 see like cara invited us to like allow yourself also in that process to be seen Mm. by the lord because he sees you Mm.
3: yeah That's so good. Um, Of, yeah, it just being this really delicate balance of humbling yourself enough to recognize, like, you are one of the people Jesus Mm -hmm. had to chase down and is chasing down still, too. While also seeing that because of that, it's your duty to kind of step into those uncomfortable spaces. Um, So for me, my encouragement is Alpha. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And if it's not Alpha, then something like it, just sitting down and, like, we're all saying, like seeing people where they're at, and it usually takes time and energy, and it's not always super comfortable, and sometimes you say, I don't know, and that's okay, Mm -hmm. and it's a really sweet, humbling thing to do, so yeah. yeah.
0: That's really good, and I'll I'll just wrap it up by saying um, it's been shared a couple times already, but um, I feel like we're hearing from our culture so many times, um, like, what defines you? Um, and our culture wants to define you in one way, but you are not defined by what other people say or think about you. Um, You are not defined by your net effect on the community even. You are defined by who Jesus says that you are, and we have to take hold of that, and we have to really internalize this truth as reality for us. And what we're doing there is we're anchoring our hope in this reality. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we're finding ourselves, the more we trust and the more we believe in what God has said about us, the more it really influences us. We find ourselves not as anxious. We find ourselves able to step into moments like the one that we're in in our society in a posture of love and peace and grace. Um, and so I just want to encourage you. Thank you so much for hanging in through the rest of this podcast. Um, and well done. <laughs> yeah, you guys did great. And um, we love you guys so much. Thank you for being a part of this conversation. Thank you to Cara and Sierra and to Nick. Um, I want to leave you with this last thought. We're not worshiping. Normally when this time is done, I we have Danny and his uh, really cool, like, you know, hipster pants and (laughs) he's joining uh, he's jumping onto the stage and he's leading us in a song and that's like worship through music and that's a super important part of what we do um and we're missing that this week and that's sad but it's also an opportunity for us to worship in some different ways. So, um, worship is often in the scriptures connected with sacrificial giving. Um, and so, we've made it about music because it is, but there's also so much more to worship than just that. It's about where your heart is at, it's about who you're serving, it's about what you're giving your time to. So, you could do any number of things. You could, of course, give to Riverbend. We have a lot that we're doing and wanna keep doing. So, the more you support that, Financially, the better. You can also support, like, a local charity that might be um, supporting um, low income families during coronavirus. Um, you could also go to your neighbors, uh, knock on their door, see if they need anything. Maybe they didn't supply up the way that you supplied up um, when the pandemic hit. And so you are sort of um better supplied than they are what do you have that you could share with them another thing you could do is if you're an artist or your your kids like to do art or whatever you could you could do some of that you could pull out some um some some paints and paper and just worship through art worship through song if you've got the chops i know i certainly do not but there are so many creative things that you can do to worship jesus and i just want to do want to encourage you now like Whatever you're doing now, stop what you're doing. If you're driving your car, if you're doing whatever, stop what you're doing and worship Jesus in one of the ways I described or in some other way. But give your heart now to Jesus. All right, let's pray and then we'll close. Jesus, thank you for my friends. Thank you for my family. God, I pray protection over them. Um, in Jesus name, we pray against, um, this pandemic, um, taking root in our town and in our city. And we just ask in Jesus name, uh, would you bring healing? Also, we just pray Jesus that you would strengthen us by your spirit, that we would be united in love. Um, and as we've talked about today, be this compelling voice to our community that, um, Jesus is who he says he is. Um, and God, we just pray you'd strengthen us for the week ahead. We love you. Pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 Goodbye, you guys.